great fibre that I love with children um, is PHGG because you can bake it. You can turn it into biscuits. You can put it into protein balls. You can use it in so many different ways. And if you were to mix that with magnesium, then you'll get that good stool. Now with the toddlers and children, even into your adults, um, Epsom salt baths will really help. The warmth, but the absorption of the Epsom salts and the exercise which they'll be doing. We don't want to be um, giving people laxatives. We don't want the bowel um, reliant on commercial laxatives. So it's much better for constipation if it's done through food, exercise, movement. Hello and welcome. Mentoring with Geraldine is a bite-sized practitioner podcast for naturopaths, nutritionists, herbalists and practitioners. This podcast responds directly to your needs, the needs of the practicing natural therapist. With interviews, herbal discussions, something business and something clinical each week, you'll get the variety you need and enjoy to stay motivated in practice. Hello. Welcome to Mentoring with Geraldine and the Bite Size Podcast. How are you? What's going on with you? I just want to say thank you to the people who've been emailing me to say how much they're enjoying my podcast because it really is motivating to get those emails. So if you want to email me with suggestions of what to talk about or just to say thank you, then please do so. Geraldine at mentoringwithgeraldine.biz because I'd love to hear from you. Now, Probably a bit of disclaimer ought to start at the beginning of this particular one. If you're sitting in the car with people that you know, we'll be fine. If you're sitting in the car with this on with people you don't know, you might end up having an interesting conversation. Um, if I'm just plugged into your ears, we're absolutely fine because we're going to talk about constipation. And um, so if you've got the kids in the car, then obviously when I mention the words burping or farting, there's going to be some giggling. But hopefully, if you're a practitioner, you'll be going, oh, yeah, I know that. Oh, yeah, I know that. Yep, yep, I do that. I tell them that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. If you're a student, you'll be going, yep, yep, yep. Oh, hadn't thought of that one. And if you're a member of the public, hopefully you're going to learn something as well. So I thought we'd start right at the beginning. So we'd start with babies. So in August, beginning of August, we start the Pediatric Online Mastery course. It's a six-week course. There is tons of information in there, which you get access to guaranteed for two years, really for life. I can't imagine I'd be taking it down. But the Pediatric Online Mastery course does start in August. You can purchase it any time, mind you, but you don't get the live classes. You get one one-on-one with me. But let's start out with those babies and constipation. Then we'll move through to the toddler and then to, well, you and me and everybody else. So when we've got that baby that's constipated, so we're just going to talk about the two forms of feed. So there's bottle and there's breast milk. Okay, so there's human milk and bottled milk. And if the baby is on bottled milk on a formula feed and they're constipated, then don't finish the rest of the pot, change the formula, okay? The, um, it will be something to do with the level of casein to weigh or something in there that just isn't right for that baby. And it's also really worth looking at goat's milk formula. Now, I am saying the word formula because we don't want to give them the milk straight from the cow or straight from the goat because it hasn't actually got what um, a human baby needs. That's got what a goat baby needs or a or a kid, um, but not our kids. It's the wrong sort of kid. So 
formula contains iron, goat's milk contains no iron. So we really do need to make sure it's a formula um, that a child, that a baby is taking. And so swapping the formula out might or around for another one might just solve your problem. A quick and easy, simple fix. It might be that if it's if the child is on human milk from um, the mother or from a milk bank, then it might be that the mother isn't having enough fiber in her diet or maybe enough liquid. Because with the breast milk, we've got the four milk, which is kind of the drink, isn't it? That's like the fast drink because everybody's thirsty and suck that bit up. And then the hind milk comes in and that's where all of the, you know, the nutrients and the heavy stuff is. It's thicker, it's got more in it. So the drink's over down to the dinner. So if mum is dehydrated, then she might not be making enough for milk. So that's something really simple. It might also be the foods that she's eating. If she's on a lot of bananas, for example, or a lot of white bread or white rice, foods that are fast to make because she's busy, there's so much going on, and so she's just relying on fast food, like fast in her own kitchen, not necessarily fast rushing out to the shops to buy fast food, but fast in her own kitchen foods. So processed foods, maybe there's more takeaways going on in the household because all of these things go through the breast milk. So it might be as simple as swapping out some of the meals um, that mum or the person who's breast milk it is is eating. So the other thing with babies, you know, if an adult is constipated, we talk about exercise. So if a baby's constipated, then massage. And you can do that at any age at all. So massage for the baby, the child, the adult. It's circular. You're going downward on the left-hand side of the tummy because that's where the colon is. So you're going up on the right, across the top, um, under the ribcage there, and then down on the left-hand side, then across the bottom, up and around and around. So any age can have abdominal massage. Any age can do sit-ups. Any age can have tummy time. So little babies on tummy time, that's really going to help with that movement because they'll be kicking and they'll be using those core muscles. It's really good for stability, all sorts of things in the growing baby, that tummy time. And that's also going to help constipation. The other thing is gravity. So sitting your baby up, holding your baby, not, you know, they can be in a bouncer occasionally once their head's up and high enough and they're that bit bigger. But while they're little babies, the head needs holding, but the body can be upward. The knees can be slightly up around the belly. This is all demonstrated in the um, course, by the way. But there's also, the other thing is, you know, it's always fun, isn't it? You hold a baby up and they jump sort of thing, stand on their feet and then they lift their legs, stand on their feet and lift their legs and you do that as well. And that's going to help that movement. That's just like doing little squats. So we do need to think of the food that's going in, the amount of exercise and the amount of fluid even in babies. Then we get to toddlers. Now, toddlers, it's generally the food that's going in and often the amount of fluid that's going in. So with your toddler, we have to sort of think to ourselves, you know, are they eating, again, these fast foods, bananas, white bread, white rice, are they having a bit more red meat in their diet? You know, all of these things, they won't necessarily, hopefully, be having any processed foods or fast foods, you know, chips. They might be having some potatoes and they might have just started on a bit of sugar here and there. They might be getting fruit juices, which 
a child really nobody needs fruit juice actually so I just say children don't need it no one needs fruit juice um, they actually need the fruit they need the fiber from the food and they need enough fluid going in so you know we need to take out these easy to grab foods I won't call them fast foods because you know that's a style of food isn't it these easy to grab foods um, we need to swap them out for more vegetables and more fiber so with that toddler a great way of getting veg into them is you put them into that high chair and you just give them buy a bag of mixed frozen vegetables chopped vegetables and there's always red pepper and peas and sweet corn and all sorts of things in there and they can just be eating those and you just put them on the um, high chair table and because you've bought a bag of frozen um, vegetables which didn't cost you very much you won't be too distressed when the child throws them all over the kitchen and they land up on the floor and some go in the mouth and some you know they're all over the place because you didn't spend hours chopping them up and cooking them now some people do give them to their children frozen I never did I would always just rinse them under cold water to defrost them um, in my hand or in a cup and then hand them over so they were cold because a cold food isn't going to harm a baby but obviously or a child but hot food is going to burn so you know that's a great way of getting that fiber into that child now with the toddler obviously there's going to be a lot of exercise going on so that's not a worry getting them to stop for the tummy massage that might be a bit harder um, so we really have to increase that fiber and increase the fluid that's going in there a great fiber that I love with children um, is PHGG because you can bake it you can turn it into biscuits you can put it into protein balls you can use it in so many different ways and if you were to mix that with magnesium then you'll get that good stool now with the toddlers and children even into your adults um, Epsom salt baths will really help the warmth but the absorption of the Epsom salts and the exercise which they'll be doing we don't want to be um, giving people laxatives we don't want the bowel um, reliant on commercial laxatives so it's much better for constipation if it's done through food exercise movement so your toddler isn't going to manage the um, yoga exercises but your child all the way up to adulthood can manage those yoga twists that will help the bowel to move as well a low FODMAPs diet can be of benefit when you're first starting to sort this out but any form of diet especially in children unless there is a real need should be avoided okay that has to be avoided within a child because when they're a, a small child if you give them a variety of food then the body makes sure it produces all the enzymes it needs um, it will break down that food and the child will get everything it needs if we restrict food into um, children and toddlers then we're restricting their capacity not just to grow and learn because they might be low on iron or whatever it is b12 but we're also restricting the capacity of the gut to be able to digest in the long term because it's a training ground you know they're sticking dirt in their mouths they're sticking mud in their mouths and my daughter had a praying mantis in her mouth she ate the head off that um I'm not sure I've told her that might keep that to ourselves so they're eating all sorts of different things and lots of different things are going in and we want to make sure that that gut microbiome has all of the different foods as well so that it's you know it's really top action going on in there to be able to break down everything and give that child exactly what they need going forward because lots of things run out 
your B12 stores just run out after five years. And often, of course, our babies are born low in iron or low in B12 because we as the mothers are. We've just got too much going on and we're not looking after ourselves. We're not seeing a practitioner when we're thinking about getting pregnant and then when we're pregnant and then we have that when we have the baby. I certainly didn't. Um, I didn't become a naturopath until um, my daughter was two. So we've got lots of fibres we can put in there um, for any age group. So let's leave the toddler toddlerdom. Um, but there's lots of foods and fibres that we can add. So yes, I've said my favourite is PHGG with magnesiums or PHGG mixed in with foods. Um, but of course there's also flax seeds, psyllium, there's slippery elm. All of those need to be watered down. They need fluid with them and they need to be soaked through before they're ingested. Chia seeds, for example, as well. They need to be full of water and had with water before they're ingested. Otherwise, they draw the water off the bowel um, into the food. So you become even more constipated. We do have to remember, you know, vegetables, beans. My son, when we were in the UK, there was mad cow disease, um, Kreutzfeldt-Jakob, and so while we were in the UK, we couldn't eat any meat. And um, so I gave him beans. And beans are a great way in the gut to, you know, it's all that additional fibre. And you can buy beans all ready to go, aren't they, in a can. Just wash them really well. There will be more salt in them. So just buy the low salt because the salt is obviously in the beans themselves. So low salt, wash them off, push them through a sieve. You'll take off the... Um, outer casing and then you've just got that lovely protein inside. Um, Berries, really high in fibre, surprisingly high in fibre and really enjoyed by children. You know with the strawberries of course mind out (laughs) for hives we don't want to overdo it there and um, but prunes so prunes are a very common one and children will actually eat prunes they will also take cod liver oil and both of those will help to get the bowel going and they will help the skin they help the well the prunes don't help skin but um, the cod liver oil will help skin and brain as well it's full of vitamin a it's good for the mucosal membranes it's going to give them the omegas so it's really worth trying a child when it's young with cod liver oil because you won't get it in when they're older you know you can't start cod liver oil when a child's five it's just not going to do it whereas a toddler you start giving that cod liver oil you're fine they'll be able to take oil forever So we really need to make sure those bananas, such an easy food to get into a child, is removed. That we've got, um, and the white bread, you know, the white rice, red meat. Um, Unfortunately, chocolate can be constipating, but we might just leave that one open for debate because, you know, I personally like my chocolate. So uh, something else that works quite well as well is ginger tea because, of course, that really helps with the nausea. Um, It helps with all sorts of things, doesn't it, ginger? It's been shown to help so many things. But I like for constipation and for nausea to mix the ginger root with chamomile because chamomile, of course, is a digestive. So it's absolutely wonderful when you mix it with the ginger. You're going to get all that soothing. You're going to get that innovating of the body because it's warming. You're going to get that movement happening. And with the chamomile, you're going to really get that digestion that's really needed. Um, One of the questions that I ask in, in practice, so when I'm seeing the client, you know, I've got my Bristol stool chart there. And so I say, which one are you? And they point out which one they are. And then I say, are you a burper or a farter? So the reason I say that is 
it really quickly cuts through all of the discussion. So if they're a farter, then they're a methane producer. So if they're coming to see you for um, SIBO, then we know they're a methane producer without doing any testing. So we can already start on that detective activity before we do anything else. Whereas a burper, things aren't happening at the top within the digestion at the, at the start. So simple questioning of our clients can really help us with our understanding of their digestive tract. And remember, some illnesses are from mouth to anus, you know, Crohn's mouth to anus, ulcerative colitis, not so, uh, you know, that's lower bowel. The difference in the problems and everything we eat <laughs> because we've got the gut-brain connection, haven't we? So when we've got a constipated person, they might be slower in themselves. They might need that massage, that movement. They might need to all of the physical things to get the bowel working, as well as the change in diet, as well as the encouragement for all the fibre, you know, nuts and seeds, if they could do them, the beans, the vegetables, uh, prunes, fruit whole fruit, give them, you know, even the apples and the pears, as long as, you know, they chop them up, they crunch through them, there's lots of lovely fibre there. For your adults, of course, you've got your coffee, that works quite nicely, um, the, co- the, the coffee poo in the morning always works very well for people, but of course your adult can have the PHCG with the magnesium drink, and that's really going to help. The magnesium citrate form is the form that's going to get things moving that little bit quicker. With um, slippery elm, you do have to make sure you've got enough fluid going in or it can be constipating. Um, And as I said about the psyllium and the flax seeds as well. So, oh, dairy. I haven't mentioned the word dairy, have I? Mm, Dairy has to... Dairy has to go. Can't do the dairy. Dairy can be very constipating for some people. Some people, like all of these foods, you know, some foods are absolutely fine for some and not for others because we're also unique, which is why... We are who we are as naturopaths, nutritionists, herbalists, and why you as the listener are who you are, because we're all unique. And so Dr. Google isn't going to solve our problem. (laughs) Speaking to somebody and going through our problem together is where we're going to find that, that little gem that, you know, oh, that's what's wrong. And as practitioners, we need to see other practitioners as well. It's never self-diagnose, you know, heal thyself. It doesn't work. So um, now the elderly. So the elderly with constipation, fluid. Um, and it's generally always fluid and the types of fluid that they're drinking. Um, so we do need to start off, if we can, the day with oats, for example. So we've got a really good level of fiber going in there with the beta-glucans. Um, so we've really got that good start to the day. And the prunes, of course, can go on there. Prunes do work very quickly. So um, we do have to make sure that for our elderly folk, they don't go out straight after they've had some prunes. Oats for breakfast with prunes, some yogurt. Probiotics are very good as well. Um, We do just need to be careful. We don't need probiotics all of the time if we're eating prebiotics and we've got that good diet and we've got a lot going on. Um, Obviously, the manufacturers would like us to believe that we needed them all the time. But I think that the prebiotics, if we're eating our miso and we're uh, drinking our kombucha and we're doing all the actually enjoyable things, that contain all these prebiotics along with our PHCG and all of the um, good foods, then we shouldn't really need the probiotics all the time. But sometimes it's a good idea just to do one bottle. 
And, you know, if you're getting to a point, you're constipated or the person's diarrhea, yes, give them the probiotics, you know, just do a burst of them. And it will really help with the bowel itself and with their overall health in the long term. So with your older person, they can have, um, you know, there's all sorts of products out there, powders with uh, probiotic and prebiotics in them, and they will happily have those on their breakfast. Then at lunchtime, making sure those vegetables go in, even if it's in the cooked form. Soups are very good for the elderly in winter. Um, They're never so keen on rice anyway, especially once the um, false teeth start. And uh, that's not true for everybody, but that once um, that first false tooth comes in, then the um, or plate, I should say, then tendency towards rice reduces, and because it gets stuck under the plate, it's as simple as that. But the red meat, you know, a lot of our elderly eat red meat, and which is great. No, I've got no issue with that. But we do have to check, is there enough fluid going in with that red meat? Is that red meat being cut up enough to start with so that it's able to be broken down? So um, so fluid with the elderly is a big one. Exercise, they're not necessarily getting enough exercise. Stomach stretches, simple things can be done from the chair. There's a lot of seated exercise programs out there that can be done from the chair and that can really help constipation as well. Another thing that can be high in the elderly are sweets. So because they can't, the taste buds aren't working as well as they once were. So, you know, the salt intake tends to be higher. The sugar intake tends to be higher just to gain flavor, just to gain, you know, to get those taste buds working. So we do need to be a little bit careful of what's going in there on the sugar and salt. You know, maybe add the pepper instead and see how, you know, and see if that goes better instead of the salt and sugar. Um, I think I've covered everything, everything that I can think of for now. Coffee, oils, probiotics, magnesium, vitamin C. Vitamin C flush is something that uh, you may or may not have done. Um, That works very well, but it's not something that most people will do um, on um, on any form of regular basis. So I think it's just really making sure that once we get them over this initial period of constipation, oh, PPIs, medicines, of course. Why did that suddenly pop into my head? I haven't got that written down on my little list. I did write a little list before we started to try and cover everything. But of course, medications, you know, the PPIs, the proton pump inhibitors, they can slow the bowel because they're slowing the digestion and make you constipated. So if your person is on medications, that's something that needs to be looked at and changed where possible. And once we get the digestion going properly, then they don't need the PPIs. So hopefully I've been through everything there and I hope I went from zero all the way through to the elderly and I've covered all of your bases. We will leave it there. I will do another one on the waterworks coming up into the future. Next time I will do a mindset conversation so that you don't have to think for the rest of the day about bowels. So thank you so much for joining me and do send me a message um, to stay in contact. You know, my Facebook group, Strictly Education and Support, where you can find me every Tuesday um, and I will be there. I will do perhaps a short one on constipation today. Who knows what I will talk about in there. But I hope you have an absolutely brilliant rest of day, no matter where you are or what you may be doing. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me today. Don't forget to rate, review 
and subscribe to the podcast for the weekly episodes. If you'd like even more support and learning, then the Academy is for you. Here you'll find part two of the herbal discussions, more clinical learning and case studies to support your clients in practice. Bye for now.